Welcome everybody to another wonderful episode of My Sister Made Me View It. Now today, we're starting things off a little differently because I made the first mistake I've ever made ever, ever, ever. Don't even question it. And so I wanted to come and let you guys know that I was super wrong about something last episode. I stated that the actress who plays Amy DeLuca also played Renee Swan in Twilight. Wrongo! Not true! Not true in the slightest. Diane Farr is the actress who plays Amy DeLuca, and Sarah Clark is the actress who played Renee Swan in the Twilight series. Now, I want you to go and pull up pictures of both of them and tell me they are not twins. I'm serious. They look very much alike to me. Anyways, I wanted to get out there in front of this so that you guys now know I was only wrong the one time and it will never happen ever again. Anyways, sit back, relax, enjoy. Here we go. and welcome back to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. It's me, you're one of your co-hosts, Emily, and then I have another co-host, Megan, here with me today. I'm Margaret, I make the spackle. <laughs> I know we plugged it last time, but go watch Encanto! <laughs> Megan. Today we're going to talk about episode 16 Today we're going to talk about episode one. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about season one, episode 16, Sexual Healing. And we've already come up with the episode name for this one. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This episode is a spicy episode. A spicy metabol. Well, <laughs> puberty episode. <laughs> Listen, there was so much kissing in this episode. I was here for this. I was here for this. I loved this episode. <laughs> it just, it seemed like they moved to a higher gear really fast. Well, yes, they did. I feel like they've been holding back for so long that they got they one have, little peek into like what it could be like and they're like done we're not doing we're not waiting any longer i will say there was a lot of kissing i loved it but the sound design people got too much into it there's too much slurping i will say i think it was the very first kissing scene that put me off of it in the crashdown cafe <laughs> because they both went into it mouths open tongues out for like first contact <laughs> they just dove into it tongue first and i was like whoa let's let's tell a story here anyway we should talk about the episode in order but i would i would say i think that first kissing scene was too much the least to my taste <laughs> this is weird to talk about but anyway i felt like the later ones were good and romantic and stuff got it okay so we start off in the ladies locker room at the high school mm -hmm. And Liz is kind of talking about how she's growing up and she's feeling these very intense feelings and she's showering 
And all of a sudden, Max is there. Yeah, everyone else is gone, and mm-hmm. it's just Max. Mm-hmm. And he sees her naked, and I was just like, is this real? Is this, what? what's happening? Oh, yeah, because Emily hasn't seen this episode before. <laughs> I seen this one. No, I haven't. And it's one of my, not my top favorite one. The the blind date will probably be one of my blind top. Blind date was pretty fun. Top ones. But um, turns out this is just a fantasy she's having of what she would like to have happen. With Max. And they upped Liz's makeup story for this episode. She is styled much more maturely than she has been before. She's very clearly wearing mascara, lip gloss. Her uh, hair is done. Yeah. Very, like, usually it's thrown back in, a in like, a rough ponytail. This yeah. is very sleek, very styled, very meticulous. Yeah, they done. really made her seem a lot more grown up in this episode. Um, so... She has this fantasy and accidentally knocks over a bowl of the most sensual fruit, the strawberry. The strawberry. Strawberry. And uh, she gets Max to come into the back because you can't serve strawberries that have been thrown on the ground in a restaurant because... After the patrons saw it. Right. (laughs) If they hadn't seen it, you would have been fine. (laughs) So she gets him to come back into the back while she gets new strawberries out and... She is using her feminine wiles. Her eyes are doing a lot of exercising. She is looking Max up and down. She's passing really close to him. There's steam from something and she's passing right by and then she moves her face away. And then there's a bit where he like moves his face after (laughs) When she's doing the thing with Max, she's doing that thing where like, girls, we know what we're doing. We know the effect we're having on the other person. We know this. And it's so much fun to do it anyway. <laughs> Listen, y'all, we're going to try to be respectful as we talk about this episode. There's a lot of hormones and emotions going on. <laughs> yes. So, sorry if our if our takes are too spicy. <laughs> we're just telling you what happened. It's our job. Uh, I'd like to say this is the second episode in a row, though, that Kyle was in the opening credits but not in the episode. And I want to know, when is Kyle's time to shine? What do you think he's doing? Where do you think he is? Well, they make fun of him for being an alcoholic in this episode, <laughs> so I'm afraid he's out by himself making bad choices. <laughs> Hopefully we'll find out soon in the next episode. When's Kyle's time to shine? I thought that the locker room was her dream, and then we were going to find out this scene was Max's dream. Oh, they were dreaming together. Yeah, because uh, then they start kissing, and the strawberries, there you go. Oh, there you go. Tongues first. <laughs> and the strawberries just start raining down because they get knocked off the counter. And I was like, oh, this is symbolic. Is this another dream? But, yeah, and the, and the camera's going wild and shaking, and I was like, okay, so that's what this episode is about. <laughs> So much steam. So many strawberries. And his hair gets super messed up. But what happens is they get into it so hot and heavy, she starts having flashes that she's flying through space and traveling the galaxy. (laughs) And it's not, like, she's literally seeing stars. Literally seeing stars. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Liz confides in Maria about her vision. Oh, yeah. And, and... Here's the thing. It is a teenage show, and they are very careful to state, hey, you guys didn't go all the way, did you? Going and she's all like, the way. <laughs> she's like, no. And so I thought that was par for the course for a teenage show. 
Um, just yeah. to be like, hey, we're just kissing. Because teens do kiss. Mm-hmm. That's things. That's all they do. They just <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's not what I did as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I read books. <laughs> and played About in the kissing. marching <laughs> I know how to kiss. I've read books. That's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I know. That's, you told me that the other day. And I... <laughs> Liz and Maria are talking, and Liz has said, telling Maria, hey, I'm seeing all these things. And you can tell Maria's a little like... Well, I didn't see those things when I kissed Michael. Like, she's a little, like, huh. Left out. Yeah. And then we see Max and Michael. And Max is like, have you ever had something like this happen to you? And Michael's like, oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> and Max is like, well, you didn't tell me. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, this teacher. Okay, so Matt, Lit, and <laughs> Liz and Max are in there. Science class. Mm-hmm. What science? I don't know. I'm going to guess chemistry. But there are beakers of like three different colors just bubbling all through class. Yeah. This is not good lab safety. Who just bubbles beakers? No one's wearing safety goggles. Nothing. Anyways. And they're talking about the Big Bang, which... Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, <laughs> And I, I know that they're there for texture and for set decoration and to make sure we have another instance of steam in a scene where Liz and Max are feeling feelings and feeling each other. So you're so smart. I didn't even catch on to the steam thing. <laughs> I went to <laughs> It's It's because things in this episode are getting steamy between them. I mean, now that I, I get that, now that that would like, yeah, I'm just, I'm impressed with you. Thanks basic symbology <laughs> i got really high marks in my high school literature <laughs> courses oh we're very giggly about this it's it, anyways liz and max are very firmly fixated on what they've been feeling and how they get to that point liz sexily drops her pencil on the floor on the floor and i'm like what are they expecting this teen boy to do under the desk in chemistry? Emily, what does he do? He touches her fingers. So they're sitting next to each other. Right. Any reason he couldn't just hold her hand while he was also sitting in the chair? I don't know why he had to go under the table to hold her hand. He had to get her pencil. <laughs> no, I know he had to go down there to get the pencil. I don't know why he had to go down there to hold her hand. Does he, like, kiss her fingers? I don't know, but he touches it, and and she has a basically when Harry met Sally moment where she has the reaction and uh, it's chemical. a noisy reaction to the point that the teacher's like, "What's going on?" And Max pops up from under the desk, doesn't look good, and they both get detention. <laughs> All of the grownups are in their business. Oh yeah, like listen, okay, we're gonna get into this later because they also get caught in the eraser room. Big time. Because apparently Liz is making too much noise because she's enjoying it so much. And that's how they get caught in the eraser room. And they get pulled into the principal's office and the parents are called. And I'm like, listen, I know you don't want teens having sex on school property. But they were just making out and they're acting like Do you know what this school they're needs? criminals. Do you know what this school needs? What? A guidance counselor. <laughs> I wish Miss Topolsky was here to teach us about safe intimacy. 
They get sent to Miss Topolsky's. Okay, Ague, she's still there. They get sent to her office. And, and the dude in charge, um, Toby from the West Wing, has been like, anytime any of these suspects are in your office, you need to record everything you say and send oh, it to no. me. And so there's this scene of all these crusty FBI agents just listening to be like, now you're at the age when your bodies are changing. <laughs> And someone's like, turn it off. And someone else is like, wait, wait, I never got this talk. (laughs) (laughs) Michael and Maria are very intent this episode on trying to replicate what Liz and Max have. Mm -hmm. And to the point where they're making out. And Maria is also being very vocal about, hey, this feels really good. Oh my gosh, I'm seeing stars. She's very clearly not. In the sunset. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I felt really bad because up to this point, I haven't really seen Maria and Liz competing about anything. But I feel like they're really the only two people in the world who know what this is like. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I can see why she would feel really left out about, well, I don't feel that. Does that mean what we have isn't true or... Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is Michael actually seeing stuff? Because he says something back to her. Well, at the end of the episode, because he's like, oh, yeah, I saw you with red sneakers. And then later they have a fight where she tells him, Maria tells Michael, oh, I made it up. And he gets mad. And he, like, you know, he, he shoots back at her. He's like, well, I made it up, too. She's like, how'd you know about the red sneakers? He's like, everybody has the red sneakers. But then at the end of the episode, he he lists four or five more facts proving that he conclusively did see those things. I thought he was joking with Max at the beginning, being like, oh, yeah, I see that kind of stuff all the time. Apparently, he actually does. Yeah. They just didn't give him the significant camera angles to... Hold on, I gotta write down the power list is, like, I don't know, visions? Kiss cam. Kiss (laughs) cam. going in there this is what episodes okay 16 thank you sweet 16 yeah liz and max have been caught the moms have been called and the principal has Mm -hmm. called both of their moms because they were being noisy apparently enough to cause a scene and i refuse to believe that they're the first two students who yeah i mean do they if they i can just imagine if they called Every single teenager that got caught making out to the office, you were not going to have time for anything else. Right? I was uncomfortable with how how in their business everybody was. I didn't make out with anyone in high school. I don't know if this is par <laughs> for the course or not. We'd have to call any of our friends. And be like, Did you ever get in trouble at school for, for making out? <laughs> You guys are learning a lot about us. (laughs) So they're in everybody's business. I mean, they're, they're, and they're, they're in their business. I just keep interrupting you. You do keep interrupting me. And the, and you're trying to get your thoughts out. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the principal is feeling super gleeful. Like, oh, yes, they were noisy. Oh, we caught them making out. Oh, they skipped two academic classes. It's like principal resents them for being honest <laughs> students. 
for being honor students. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going in a different I know. <laughs> Your laughter cut me off. <laughs> I think he's more like, oh, the goody two-shoes think they're so perfect, but watch me ruin their lives. <laughs> so Liz kind of takes control of the situation. I really, I really was proud of her for this because up to this point, she's been very goody two-shoes, very follow the rules, and meekly following orders. And in this point, she's like, mom, it's a mistake. Mom, double, like, she's taking control of the conversation and is telling her mom, it's not a big deal, all of these things, you know. And her mom is upset, you know, because this is something Liz has never done. And she's like, you come right home after school. And Liz is like, I can't. I have detention. (laughs) Mom is just like, what's happening to my girl? I felt like, I mean, clearly something chemical is happening to Liz and Max and or magical Mm -hmm. molecular let's just say yeah but this feels like a very different Liz Parker than we've seen so far it really does and she's excited about it and she's you know telling Alex this is what's going on so Alex gets the idea that he wants to try it out with Isabel and he he does it in a really I would say dorky, sweet way where he's like, I'm offering myself up for human experimentation if you want to do this. And she's like, no. He's like, yeah, I just thought I'd ask anyway. You know, he's, he'd be really happy if it happened, but he's not like crushed that it's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a weird thing in this scene. Okay. Isabel said something about now I have that burnt piece of skin from where the pizza's too hot. Like when you burn your tongue, maybe she said it in a I weird guess. way. Maybe it was, maybe she said tongue, but the, the captions just said skin. I don't know. It was, it was a, a weird, weird phrasing. Yeah. Um, but I really like Isabel's look this episode. She's wearing a purple ensemble with a silver necklace earrings and a little silver hair dangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got purple eyeshadow to match her jacket. I just thought she looked really cute. She did look cute. Anyway, detention time. Detention time. Liz sees a picture of a galaxy. And the asks the professor, what is it? wind galaxy. <laughs> and when Max comes back in, she's like, this is what I saw. Like, I'm seeing things that are real. And then the teacher who put them in detention for being inappropriate together puts the two teens together in the same classroom and leaves them unsupervised. <laughs> and they just make out some more. Oh, that's right. Just like, go at it. Uh, Mom and Liz have a fight that night. Mm-hmm. Her mom comes to her and says, like, we need to talk about this. And Liz is like, I, I literally, like, I don't want to talk to you about this. And her mom's like, okay, then just listen. And, and her mom is worried, but is also trying to be understanding. She's like, you can, you don't have to lie about this. You can come talk to me about anything. And Liz is just like, I'm not talking to you about this. Like, you know, please respect my privacy sort of a thing. Because again, everyone is in her business. It's her business. It's her business. So, but we have a new set. We do. We do. Guess Michael what? has an apartment. And Isabel is so excited that she's like putting all the food away and being like wants to like set everything up and I don't know. I just Okay, so she pulls this bag of carrots out of her grocery bag and she's like, "Do you have a juicer?" And I turn to Emily and I go, "What?" Does she need a juicer for? And Emily's like, those are carrots. I go, oh, I thought they were sausages. <laughs> you know, like big summer sausages. Meat juice. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> but Michael's confiding into his friends that 
Liz, uh, they believe, is seeing the day of the crash. Because oh, she saw right. a little bit more when they were kissing mm-hmm. in detention. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you got to kiss her more. <laughs> and Max is like, I don't want to use her as an object. And Michael's just like, it's for the cause, dear. <laughs> yeah. And so Michael is, I think we, you know, you mentioned that Liz and Maria haven't felt like they've been competitive, mm-hmm. but I would say Michael and Max have felt competitive so far. And it does feel like Michael is trying to get some of the same things mm-hmm. with Maria. Yep. I, if you could see inside my head right now, <laughs> there's wheels with everybody's names on it. <laughs> and I'm just flipping through as fast as I can being like, nope, nope, nope. Yes. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yes. Maria confides in Michael that she faked having the visions. Yeah, and that's when he's like, oh, I faked him too. And it's it's very played up like oh, a woman faking satisfaction during sex. Yeah. Michael is not happy about no, it. No, he's not. <laughs> and this is, when he, this is when he has the line about like, oh, you didn't really have, everybody has red sneakers. I made it up too. Well, uh, after that scene, we go back to the locker room. Yes. The ladies' locker room. And it's important. Literally everyone is in a tank top except for Liz, who has a polo shirt. Maria is very concerned because she catches sight on Liz's neck. And so my guess was silver hickey. Mm. I was incorrect, Emily. What kind of a hickey is it? It's a glowing hickey. It glows. And so that's why Maria is so concerned. Because I was really confused at first point. It's just a hickey. But no, it's a glowing hickey. Everybody gets hickeys in high school, except Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I was confused through a lot of this scene, but everything was explained in a way that made sense. And I really enjoyed it because everyone's leaving and the coach is like, come on, everybody, come on. But Liz stays behind to check out this hickey that Maria is so concerned about. And she looks up and she sees Max, who has walked into the girls' locker room. Again, steam. (laughs) That's right. And... And I'm just like, Maximilian, what are you doing in the girls' locker room? You are better than this. I was waiting for the coach to come and bust both of them. Yeah. She almost does. She almost does. But the reason Max comes in to the girls' locker room is because, do you guys remember at the beginning of the episode? You know, about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) When Liz is showering and has that fantasy about being there naked with Max. This is truly my fantasy. <laughs> that's a quote from Austin Land. That's, um, that's not your fantasy? That's not my fantasy. <laughs> um, Max <laughs> saw that. What? Do you want to hear my fantasy? <laughs> Do you want me to put up? It's, it's not sexual, okay, you guys? <laughs> and this probably explains why I didn't get kissed a lot in junior high or high school. But um, I would always, because I was a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, I would always imagine me and both my crushes and the people who were mean to me uh, would all get magically transported to this other land or um, a monster would show up at our school. And then I would imagine me with a huge battle axe taking out like monster after monster down in front of them. And then it'd be done. And I'd be like splattered and icker and gore. (laughs) And my crush would be like, Wow, she's so strong. <laughs> That's not true. I fantasized about like you know prom and stuff and dancing and like I I did normal. I'm normal. I had I had romantic fantasies as well, but my favorite ones were always like 
being awesome. Being awesome. <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> I had this one, and this one was more in college, and I'd be bored in class, where I'd be like, what if I was on a hike? And I met Tom Hiddleston, who'd sprained his ankle, <laughs> but I have my lifeguard training. <laughs> That's one of my fantasies is performing life-saving first aid to Tom Hiddleston, who maybe broke his leg or got bit by a snake. Sorry, Tom. I'm sorry. Um, He's dated someone my age. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I think it's really sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. And then he would take me to family barbecues with the Hemsworths. <laughs> and that's how you get into Marvel. <laughs> Taking the long <laughs> Or, or, you could just get hired at Marvel. I did. That's what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> you skipped all of that. I did. Jumped straight to the end. Yep. Hey, everyone. I know first aid. I know that's not always <laughs> sexy, but you may need it someday. <gasps> So, this one time, <laughs> I was in Florida, okay. I was working as a lifeguard, mm-hmm. and I was in, I was the oldest in my apartment of, like, four or five girls, and this dude came over to our apartment one night, I don't remember, like, how we met him, he just moved into the building or something, and he was flirting with each of us in turn, mm-hmm. and most of the older girls, we were like, oh, we, we see your name, Petty. Yeah. Um, but the youngest girl in the apartment was 19, and the two of them, like, were flirting back. It was very much like uh, Max and Liz in this episode. But there's this huge Florida rainstorm outside, and so we all decided, hey, let's go have fun. Let's go run around in the rain. Because we're talking, like, big Florida rainstorm. I know. You're nuts. And uh, at one point, a huge bolt of lightning hit our apartment complex so hard that the power went out. And so I am, like, being Miss Safety, and I am going to find everyone to get them back inside. So I'm like, okay, listen. We've had our fun. We've had our fun. And so I find three of the roommates, and then I can't find the youngest, and I can't find this guy. And then I make it to the basketball courts, and it's dark because, you know, power's out. And I see him lying on the floor, and I see his shoes some distance away, and she's bent over him and I assumed giving him mouth to mouth and I was like oh my gosh this boy's been hit by lightning that's why his shoes came off he got hit by the lightning strike that put the power out of the apartment I have just been newly dubbed as a lifeguard and I've got all my certifications and certificates and everything so I run up to the two of them and quite loudly say does anyone need any help? <laughs> and they looked up at me from where they were making out. And they're like, no. Great, just checking bye. Oh. Did you get to explain to her no. later why? Okay. Didn't even, did not care for that roommate. Got it. Got it. Ugh. Ugh. Did not care for that roommate. I'm sorry. 
Well, I mean, I was 26. She was 19. I, those are hard to live with. And it's the same age gap between... No, she was younger than our youngest sister. Mm-hmm. How much older am I? Yeah, I'm only four years older than my youngest sister. Mm-hmm. And so we had a seven-year age gap. And I was like, I don't want to live with someone That's this elementary young. elementary school and junior high yeah. about. That's so funny. I mean, I can see why your mind went there. You're just, like, very logical. Like, shoes are off, lying down after a lightning strike. Obviously, that's a thing that could happen. she was also a lifeguard. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Good job for being responsible. You're welcome. I'm so practical. (laughs) I'm just going to say it on my tombstone. (laughs) Creative. Practical. Alone. I have a BFA degree, and my younger sister usually teases me that it's a bachelor's in forever alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listen. One day, one of us will get married. (laughs) (laughs) My money's on you, who's actually putting effort into, like, chatting with and meeting people. (laughs) Um, But you said you were practical. Yeah. Max is practical. Max-tical. There's a reason he is in the ladies' locker room. Science of deduction. <laughs> and that he reveals that he saw Liz's fantasy. He saw the locker room fantasy. And he's like, I thought maybe I made it up. So I just wanted to come and see if it looked like my dream. And he's like, and it's exactly like my dream and I've never been in here. And Liz is not as mortified as I would have been. Listen, that is my, okay, I have a lot of weird, I have a lot of weird fears, like a lot of weird fears because I have anxiety and everything. But a very real fear of mine is that there is a mind reader somewhere while I'm either thinking about, I don't know, my own fantasy or whatever, that someone will see it like this. This is literally my worst fear. I will sometimes think disclaimers where I'm like, I'll be sitting somewhere and imagining taking out a wolf with an axe. And then I'll be like, hey, if there's any mind readers around here, this is just for me, okay? (laughs) Get out. Please, yeah. I will will sometimes think mental disclaimers, just in case there are telepaths creeping. (laughs) Max and Liz discover the glowing hickey together. Mm -hmm. And they probably make out some more. Because there's so many scenes where they make out. Yeah, she sees more flashes of vision, and I think something's getting buried at that point, or maybe it's a later one. I think it's just the soldiers at that point. Okay, yeah. Max comes over to the apartment, and Isabel and Michael are like, great, Liz is coming, we'll leave. Kiss the crap out of her and figure out what's going on. Like, they have no qualms about this. And Max is like, but I'm treating her like a thing. And I'm like, go, Max. Good job, buddy. But I'm just like, I thought, I thought Isabel would be really uncomfortable with it all. Uh-huh. She turns out the light, snaps her fingers, and lights all these candles she set up. So she has fire. I gotta write that down. Fire, molecular magic. Isn't there a heat touch that's already been... Uh, what, what, what molecular powers have we seen so far? The fire putter outer from toy house okay so so that's an extension of fire control okay i'll just put fire control there we go can you read me the list of powers yeah this is all the ones i've written down that doesn't mean this is these are all the ones we've seen cd listening (laughs) air conditioning fixing (laughs) radio fixing car alarms 
dream walking, nail polish changing, ketchup to mustard, which you think it's ketchup to mayo. Okay. <laughs> so we are disagreeing on that. Heal broken bones, fire putter outer, grow grass, change playing cards, kiss cam, fire control. Can't believe you didn't put in call forth soul of grandmother to tell Liz <laughs> goodbye. Soul walking. <laughs> I think that was episode four. They realize that Liz's vision. Oh, wait. Her hickey turns into a burn or something gross? Yeah. That like... I think it, like, burned her from the inside okay. out. But I don't know why she's not in a lot of pain because burns hurt. I worked in a bakery one time and... What? I'm remembering the time you worked in the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve dozen. Twelve dozen. Uh, Listen to our Way of Kings podcast. Yes. And they have these big, giant metal racks where you bake all the French bread or bake all the bread or donuts or whatever on. And so it's these huge walk-in ovens. And I usually didn't handle the ovens just because I was I was assigned to other things, but I was helping out at one point. And I'd done it before, and I grabbed the giant industrial, like, heat pads, uh, pot holders, pulled it out, but the very, like, the very center of my thumb touched it, and I got a burn all the way down. It was so painful. If I didn't have ice on it, I was like curled up in the corner. So I had to leave ice on it for the rest of my shift. And I was oh. trying to do everything with like one handed with my thumb wrapped in ice. Oh, owie. Yeah, I needed you there as a first aid person. <laughs> you weren't there. Why were you there for me? Well, uh, I would have been in marching band at the time. <laughs> I, a recent burn I got, not super severe, but um, I was heating water up in the kettle on the stove and I was trying to pour the last bits of it out and listen I don't drink tea (laughs) uh I was having just hot water and lemon and stuff so I don't have a lot of let's say kettle experience okay (laughs) and so I'm trying to pour it all the way out and I don't realize you have to keep a hand on the lid so the lid to the kettle comes off and all the steam just goes whoosh up over my hand and and the the pain only really lasted for a day it wasn't that bad but i had steam scalded my my drawing hand which was not no your marvelous drawing hand so we get a gratuitous shirtless max scene that i don't even feel bad about see and i do because to get that sort of muscle definition, he would have had to, like, not drink water for three days No, that's not how it happens. I'm sure it is, but that's not how it happens here, okay? Everything's anyway, fine. He just looks amazing. There's that's it. no hair on that guy's chest. Zero. Zero. Sorry, I'm ruining the moment. You are ruining um, the moment. Okay, here's one of the reasons I like this episode so much is because of all the kissing, is because we just haven't gotten any from Max and Liz, and they're my favorite couple. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Well, they were as teens, but now it's Mac, it's Michael and Maria. They are like, because you like their they're my um, power couple. Yeah, emotional connection and stuff. Yeah, I was I was thinking that like, oh man, you guys should stay here. Like none of the adults know about this apartment, mm-hmm. but they they end up having to leave because Maria shows up looking for Michael to have one of these emotional connective talks and stuff to you know talk it out, fix their fight or whatever. And Liz, for whatever reason, sneaks back in through her bedroom window. 
where her mom is sitting there waiting for her. <laughs> I've never been in that situation before, thank goodness. But, like, as she walked in, like, my my high school Heart. must obey every rule just kind of went, oh, no, you're in trouble now. Just before we get to that, Maria drives her home. Uh, and Maria gives her really good advice, like really strong advice. And so we had talked a lot last episode about how Maria and her mom are kind of on equal or even footing. Mm-hmm. And we know that Liz does not have a strong relationship with her parents. Right. I mean, they all love each other and stuff. And it's like, you're the parents and I'm the kid. And that's kind of how it's set up. Mm-hmm. But I think she would listen to Maria. She listens to Maria's advice much more strongly than she would to her mom's. And I, that's true. And I think it's good that even though Maria is, you know, at first glance, if you look at the two of them, that it seems like Maria may be the more freewheeling of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see that Maria is actually very careful mm-hmm. with her heart. And she like only goes into these situations. She only goes into situations she knows she can handle. And she's very worried that, like, Liz is going farther than is safe because Mm -hmm. her boyfriend is not human. That's true. They have no idea what could happen. And, like, things are happening to Liz. She's Mm -hmm. having visions. She's getting magic hickeys that are turning into burns. Yeah, and, like, Max at one point was, like, like hovering his arm over over her arm and, like glowing stripes were like showing up so there's some alien molecular something going on here Uh, but then the the conversation with mom uh, happens which we talked about this maybe we did i mentioned it a little bit earlier that liz snaps at her mom at the end of this conversation because i thought it happened in the first one but it happens in this one um liz is like you have to stop controlling me and your mom's like Oh, have I ever tried to control you? And Liz is like, you've never had to. I've always done every single thing you wanted. And you just think, I'm always going to be that way. I loved this episode because we get that emotional honesty from Liz where she's realizing she has lived her life in this box and there's more. And when you try to change, some people get uncomfortable because they've always known you as this thing over here and so when you learn and grow and change and i evolve sounds like a pokemon but you know when you learn your life lessons and (laughs) it's hard sometimes hard for other people to accept quote unquote the new you when you're like this is the path i need to be on and that can be really hard. Um, and so I liked this because it was a mother-daughter conversation. Okay, this is going to sound maybe redundant. It's a mother-daughter conversation and a parent-child conversation. Yeah. Um, and I just like that Liz finally got to say this, you know, got to say like, what's the, what's the phrase? She basically got to say what was in her heart. Escalate. Escalate. <laughs> Yeah, she she finally got to lay it all out on the table. Yeah. Um, Because we mentioned in our last episode that um, it feels like we were talking about the different relationships each of the kids have with their parents, Mm -hmm. that Liz and her parents don't talk about anything ever. Mm -hmm. They're just like, you're the parents, I'm the kid, we're going to fulfill our roles. Or you're a good honor student, and that's what you are. You're not Liz, our daughter, you are the honor student. Uh off topic i'm just thinking about poor kyle some more (laughs) when's kyle's time to shine 
So um, Max comes to Liz's apartment and she's sitting outside drawing the things that she saw in her vision and is like, I saw something being buried there. We have to go tonight. We got to go. So they don't call anybody else. They just take off the two of them, these hormone-addled teenagers, go off in the middle of the desert at night. <laughs> and it's clearly been raining in Roswell because all the streets are wet again for reflectivity and lighting purposes. Also, does this town have uh, twinkle lights in their trees all year round? I think they must because we see a lot of it. Oh, it was very interesting to me. Sorry, this is jumping back because I was like, they, why would they have twinkle lights all year? It's very clearly this is February 20th, the year 2000. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this a flashback? What year does this take place in? Like, it was very specifically, it's February 20th. I'm like, why is that significant? So I've got a prediction. I think we're going to have an episode from Nisado's point of view. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see the events leading up to February 20th. Oh, I also want to see when was the crash? When was the original crash? Something like the 1950s. Yeah, like what was no, the 1960s. day? No, 1960s. Hold on. It was September 26th. Oh, because that's the Crashdown Festival. Yeah. Okay. I know it was 19, 1947. What day was it? Oh, July 8th. Okay. So in our show, it takes place September 26th, but in our real world, it happened in July of 1947. So they just go out to the desert. Which, you guys, I know you're thinking desert, hot. No, deserts at night are frigid. Uh, They're so cold. Closest I ever got to hypothermia. Uh-oh. I'm driving back from Florida with my friend Britta. Mm -hmm. And we decided we're not going to... What we were doing is we were alternating driving, so someone would sleep and someone would drive. Mm -hmm. um, but we got to middle of the night, New Mexico, and we were both just so tired. We're like, you know what, for safety, we got to pause and sleep. So we just went into a McDonald's parking lot and just parked the car, and we decided we'd sleep in the car. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was so cold, I could not move. Like, I thought for a second I had sleep paralysis. Oh, I've never been so cold. And that was in December, so I don't think February is going to be much better. Much better, no. But at least Max brought a blanket. <laughs> he just puts down on the dirt. And so we've been talking about how, like, there's so much kissing, there's so much touching in this episode. And I think it's pretty clear that there is something beyond... Max and Liz's natural state that's driving mm -hmm. them to do this. Yeah. There is a reaction happening between mm -hmm. the two of them. Chemical reaction. Sexual healing. <laughs> I don't know the song. Um, because at the at the end of this episode, they kind of pull back on it a bit. And they revert back to what feels more like who their characters were before this. Mm -hmm. So there was something going on between the two of them in this episode. It's a sex pollen episode. <laughs> it's a sex pollen episode. It's uh, <laughs> naked time. <laughs> or almost the naked, naked now. The naked now, <laughs> the I think, is the now. name of the, of the Star Trek episode. Yeah. Um, but they're just going to do it in the desert with... Coyotes howling around them. Yeah. And just as they're about to go all the way, they're going all prepared. the way. Liz hears the beeping. Mm -hmm. And and clearly their emotional and physical connection has led them to 
this egg in the ground? <laughs> you guys, I wish I would have had my camera out to capture Megan's horrified face of, and I wrote it down, do they have to raise an egg baby? <laughs> it is a metallic orb, I guess, that has the, you guys, if you remember it's the symbol. pointed that, on the end, though. Yeah. Do you remember the symbol that Nisado like burned or or that um michael and isabel burned into the ground at the library and then nisado came back and set it on fire and it's the symbol that isabel and max drew as kids so it's a familiar symbol they just don't know what the heck this is it is egg-shaped though yes it is egg-shaped okay here's the thing they fall asleep they don't go back home they sleep on the floor in the desert mm-hmm. and when they wake up, they the egg is still there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the symbol anymore in the morning. I think it does. Well, Nisado watches them sleep, you guys. It's very creepy. I think Nisado switched it out for something different. Oh, yeah. You're right. There is no symbol. Interesting. Oh, there is a symbol on it. And uh, we recognize Nisado. This is who he transformed into after killing Hank. Yep. And he's like, this is private property. Get out of here. But then he watches them with a creepy knowing smile. Yeah. So we know it's Nisado, but obviously Liz and Max do not. That is called dramatic irony when the audience knows something that the characters don't. Hey. Uh, most famously demonstrated at the end of Romeo and Juliet, where we know that Juliet is really alive and Romeo shouldn't have to kill himself. But that's that's what makes it a tragedy is the audience knows, but we can't be like, no, no, stop, don't come back. <laughs> so there's a few fun little wrap-up scenes to wrap up the episode mm-hmm. of what happens with Liz and Alex, Isabel and Alex. Um, she goes to his house. It's early morning. He's obviously just woken up and he looks so sleepy and adorable. And you know how he wears giant baggy pants? Yes. He wears giant baggy pajamas. Like this boy has a look that he has committed to. And I love it. But she shows up and is just like, my brother's missing. And he immediately sleepily is like, let me get my keys and we'll go look for him. And she's like, no, um, I was thinking we could make out and maybe... I'll get some information that way. And he's like, okay. And so they do. And they don't get any flashes or anything like that. But it's like just one step in like this cute little thing. But he's, I don't know. I think it's so cute because she doesn't do it maliciously. She doesn't kiss him and then run away. It's just like, hey, I'm giving you this olive branch almost. Like, I like you and this is the pace I'm willing to take it at. It almost feels, okay, this might sound stupid, it almost feels like a gift from Isabel to Alex. Yeah. So, maybe that's silly, but... A step forward, a step closer. Yes. Yes. Um, What I liked about that scene is, is, is like, anything? And she goes, nothing. And he looks a little disappointed, and she goes, nothing related to the current crisis. Oh, yeah. Which, again, is like, a little, little step. Yeah. Little step. Little step there. Oh, no, I have a prediction. Oh, no, what? I think Alex is gonna die. Okay. Meg's prediction. That's why Isabel cuts and dyes her hair. (laughs) Meg's prediction. Um, And then another of the cute wrap-up scenes is what we mentioned with uh, Maria opening up to Mac. (laughs) Maria opening up to Michael. Mm -hmm. um, And then he admits that he really is seeing flashes of her. 
really quick. I know we've talked about this before, but I'm just going to point out again. She shows up to his door and she's like, I really want to talk, but I need you to not be cold or mean. Can we have this conversation? And I was like, wow, you know what you want. I love this. I'm just so impressed with her. She's so great. I love Maria. I did not appreciate her the first time I watched this. But yeah, he tells her like, oh yeah, I saw the red sneakers and had a Kermit patch and blue shoelaces and like he gives her enough um details that she knows he's not lying he's not just trying to make her feel better about it anyway they they talk about their feelings she talks about how she's feeling and he talks about how he's feeling and it's great she makes his life so much better but his apartment listen I know he's a 17-year-old boy. It looks like it's a 17-year-old boy's room. There's, like, a sheet hung over the wall and, like, Metallica posters everywhere. And it's a great set. I love it. Yeah. So, um, apparently, Liz and Max, now that they found this beacon or whatever, the urge to copulate? Kiss? What is it? No, copulate, I think, was it. (laughs) Has a... Subsided. Subsided. To the point where they can kiss normally without feeling like they need to suck each other's faces off. <laughs> anyway, and and they have a conversation at the end that, again, feels more like their characters. Yeah. Like, I was actually worried that I'm like, oh my gosh, is the show just shifting gears? We're halfway through the first season. We gotta jump into high gear forever. Um, but they're, uh, both sets of their parents are waiting for them at the Crashdown Cafe. <laughs> and they're like, maybe we should keep them apart. And, like, trying to figure out how to fix this. And I got really defensive. I'm like, okay, guys. I understand that you're trying to protect your kids. But, like, you tell them they can't see each other. Guess what they're going to do? I had friends like that where they were, quote, unquote, forbidden from seeing each other. Guess how well that worked. They're married now, yeah, right? Yeah, they're married now. <laughs> Works not at all. (laughs) Oh, but Max and Liz do still kiss. It's just not as heavy. Anyway, prediction. That's an egg. That's an egg. That's an egg. They're gonna raise a baby. An egg baby. An egg baby. My gosh, the way he grabs her hair in their last kissing scene. He's like stroking it and like pulling it. That was episode 16 sexual healing so yeah the closest we've ever gotten to an explicit episode on itunes (laughs) emily do you want to tell me what the what the next episode's called yes it is called crazy oh no yeah i bet the egg is gonna talk to liz okay i'm gonna write (laughs) egg will talk to liz okay so liz is crazy she thinks she is okay but it's the egg talking to her. The egg talking. Yep. Okay. I love it. Well, everybody. And it's Kyle's time to shine. <laughs> is Kyle going to be in the episode? Yes. Okay. Kyle will be there. He has been in the opening credits twice in a row with no Kyle. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you guys, thank you for sitting and listening to us. We obviously had a really good time doing this. And we just have a great time talking to you guys. But I got to get back to doing my book. That was my talk. That wasn't me. Uh, I might go do a little digital painting. <gasps> Not storyboarding. Not storyboarding. Okay. No more storyboarding out of work hours. None of that. I've got to build some other skill sets. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready, break. break.
again so much for tuning into my sister made me view at the Roswell edition. Meg and I have such a good time recording these and she is always a good sport. And oh, I need to let you guys know two things about her. One, if you guys are going to be in the Utah Valley area over February 17th, 18th, and 19th, Megan is going to be the media guest of honor at LTUE, also known as Life, the Universe, and Everything. It's a writing conference. It's a sci-fi conference. It's an art conference. We've got Brandon Sanderson here. We've got a bunch of other really cool writers. And like I said, Meg's going to be giving the keynote. So if you want to come check that out, please come and see it. Also, she did not mention this in our last episode. And I want to set the record straight. Remember our competition with ratings and reviews? And she ended up with the majority of the vote. I upheld my end of the bargain and we did go to dinner and I took her to a very fancy restaurant and we had a very good time. I just wanted to close the loop so you guys didn't think I promised the moon and didn't deliver. We did and we had a great time. So Meg, congrats again. Um, but speaking of reviews, they help us out so much. And those of you who have taken the time to rate us or review us or rate and review us, you guys are on the top of our favorite people list. If you could go to either Apple iTunes or Spotify now has a way that you can rate the podcast you listen to. And if you could give us a little shout out or give us a rating, oh my gosh, you guys would also join the list of our favorite people. And if you're wondering, well, when can we hear these wonderful sisters get together again and talk about media? Tune in February 17th when our next Way of Kings episode goes up. And then the week after, on February 24th, that's when the next Roswell episode goes up. So you don't have to wait very long. Special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We love it so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And in closing, if you want to check out some cute pictures of our pets, you can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at SisMadeMeViewIt. Anyways, you guys are great. Thank you for coming and listening. This is just a silly thing that we do, and we just have a lot of fun doing it. So anyways, hope you guys have the best week ever, and remember, we believe in you.